Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. We are rolling through the program. So much college football to discuss. So much NFL to discuss. About to be joined by Todd Furman. Scheduled to be joined at the top of Hour 3 by Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach to talk about his big win. All of that, the direction that we are headed. Huge win for the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Uh, they come in. They score 122 points through three games. They are 3-0. and The Saints definitely do not look like a Super Bowl contender so far. 1-2 and when Michael Thomas comes back. Maybe that will change. But right now, the Saints look like a team that has missed their championship window. Uh, and as we start off the third, second hour of the program, sorry, here, and get rolling through, what I thought would be interesting to do is talk about the 3-0 and teams. Now, we know tonight we got another well of a game. Either the Ravens or the Chiefs are going to be 3-0. and And we'll find out which of those 3-0 and team is going to look the best. And in the meantime... I'm kind of curious, who do we believe of the undefeated teams right now are legitimate, bona fide, big-time Super Bowl contenders, right? It's hard to go 3-0. and It's hard to win three straight games any point in the NFL schedule. And so I thought we'd run through, and I would say, contender or not. Now, we know that both the Ravens and the Chiefs are legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl. So whatever happens, one of those two teams is going to be 3-0, and but both of those teams are legitimate contenders to go 3-0. and I don't think there's any doubt at all, even for the most ardent anti-Chiefs fan, even for the most ardent anti-Ravens fan. What about the other 3-0 and teams? Buffalo Bills. 
Not really a believer here. They were fortunate to get past the Rams. I like that Josh Allen can now make plays. I always talk about the difference between a quarterback that you win because of instead of in spite of. And I think the Bills have made that step. They're up right now in the AFC East. We'll see how they do against New England. But I'm not sold on the Bills as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. The Steelers, 3-0. and We know Ben Roethlisberger's already won two Super Bowls. But are you buying into the idea that Ben Roethlisberger coming off of that issue in his elbow, that everything is going to round into shape? I'm curious to see the Steelers against the Titans this weekend because the Titans are another 3-0 and team that I don't really buy into. I'm a season ticket holder. I'd like for the Titans to win every game. They've won every game by a last-second field goal, effectively. They could very easily be 0-3. Now, I think there's value in being a team that finds a way to win, but the Titan defense is not much. I think they've got good offensive weaponry. I'm curious to see how they look going head-to-head against the Steelers this Sunday in what should be a pretty awesome game. But right now, the Titans are 3-0, and and they've outscored their opponents by six total points. So I'm not a believer in the Titans. I'm not a believer in the Steelers. I'm not really a believer in the Bills. In the AFC, I think it's pretty clear the two best teams are the Ravens and the Chiefs, whichever of those two you want to take as the best team. We'll see who gets to 3-0 and tonight. But I'm not really a believer in anybody else in the AFC as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. What about in the NFC? Green Bay, yes. We saw what they did. 122 points through three games. I'm buying what they're selling. The Bears, I'm not buying it. They had to bench Mitch Trubisky. They bring in Nick Foles. This team, much like the Titans, is only 12 points better than their opponents so far. Not really sold on what's going on there. What about the Seahawks? I'm a believer in Russell Wilson. I think that he's going to be the overall MVP of the league, but I'm not necessarily buying into uh, the Seahawk defense, but I'm buying into Russell Wilson. So to me, of the 3-0 and teams, I'm buying into Russell Wilson that he can make up for an atrocious defense. I'm buying into the Packers. I'm buying into the, uh, the Ravens or the Chiefs who are going to be 3-0. and What I'm getting at here is there's a lot of teams out there that are having early success that feel a little bit to me like they might be frauds. And I don't mean frauds in the sense that they are not going to make the playoffs because if you get to 3-0, your odds of making the playoffs are pretty outstanding. It's just that I'm not sure that when I look at the Bills or I look at the Steelers or I look at the Titans, I think to myself, oh, this team is is playing so well right now, they look like they're capable of beating the Chiefs and the Ravens. Both. Because I think there's probably a good chance you would have to beat both of those teams in order to get to the uh, AFC Championship and advance the Super Bowl. And I'm just not willing to buy into, come January, assuming that Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes is healthy, that the Titans have what it takes, that the Steelers have what it takes, or the Bills have what it takes to get through both of those teams as a 3-0 and team. Now, still got 13 regular season games to go. That's my early read there. Just not a big believer. NFC, I'm a believer in Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I'm a believer in, based on what we saw last night, 
Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I'm not really sure who else is out there that you're looking at and saying, oh, this team could win a championship. I actually like the Rams. I like, honestly, everybody in the NFC uh, West. I think if they were actually making good decisions, the NFC East would lose their playoff automatic bid and we would give an extra one to the NFC West because that seems a lot more fair to me. We'll talk about all this with, uh, with my buddy Todd Furman coming up next. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With so many different games going on, and so many different outcomes. We want to bring in uh, my partner in crime on Fox Bet Live. Used to be Lock It In, Todd Furman, at Todd Furman on Twitter. Gambling uh, the, the savant. We might also bring Dub in to, uh, to start to talk about some of the tough beats that took place uh, over the course of the weekend. But, Todd, let's start in, uh, let's start in the NFL. Um, what kind of read, if any, are you seeing now that we're approaching finishing three weeks of the season what are you seeing that's different this year in terms of the way that NFL games are going compared to past seasons, or are things fairly similar in an abnormal abnormal 2020 for pretty much everything? I think what we're seeing is a trend that's been emerging, emerging over the last couple of years, that just having a good defense isn't nearly enough to win you football games. You have to be able to go out there and hang 30, 40, 50 points in some cases to beat your opponents if you want to be considered elite. And I think the perfect illustration of that was the game we saw between Dallas and Seattle, where the Seahawks scored 38 points, but they gave up nearly 500 yards passing to Dak Prescott. But in this day and age in the NFL, it really doesn't matter if you have a lockdown defense, because if you have a dynamic quarterback, you're never out of a football game, and you can constantly make plays when you need the most. So does that mean that basically the old adage that every single person listening to us right now has heard defense wins championships no longer applies? I don't think it applies in the same context. You do need to get a stop here or there, have a defense that can force a turnover or get off the field on third down. Uh, But the days of seeing defenses like we did with the 85 Bears or the Baltimore Ravens with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis, I just don't think the league is built that way anymore because if you have a defense like that, you have to go into every football game figuring that on a best-case scenario, unless you're playing the Jets, that you're going to give up between 17 to 21 points uh, against the league-caliber offenses. You just have to make sure you're – you have enough firepower to, to go out there and outscore the opposition. You mentioned New York, and I want to go – we'll get back to this Dallas and Seattle game in a minute probably before we're finished talking, but the Jets and the Giants are absolutely atrocious. If you are watching the Jets and the Giants right now, what do you say to the audience out there? I mean, basically, at, at least for – I mean, both of them have young quarterbacks, Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. Is it almost impossible to even judge these guys because what surrounds them is so bad? Or are you a let's just blow it up and start over all over again perspective for both? I think you're thrilled that there's legalized sports betting in the state of New Jersey to make your Sundays more enjoyable because you can get a little bit of skin in the game uh, with a company like FanDuel rather than watching your favorite teams go out there and absolutely embarrass themselves every single week. The Jets are going to be in a real interesting spot because the way they're trending right now, no reason to believe that they won't be picking first, second, or third uh, in the upcoming draft. And when you have some quarterbacks out there that can potentially be transcendent talents, whether it's Fields, whether it's Lawrence, or they happen to fall in love with Trey Lance, a kid out of North Dakota State, you have to draft him and maybe give Sam Darnold one more year in the system because he's not the one to blame for everything around him completely cratering. The Giants are a little bit of a different story because I'm not sure if Daniel Jones is truly the problem. I mean, from an offensive line standpoint, we knew it was going to be rough. Defensively, they don't have a lot of playmakers, but you can't go out there at home and get absolutely throttled by the San Francisco 49ers who had nearly 50% of their entire salary cap unavailable to them. 
and let the offense get led by Nick Mullins while your defense really didn't have anybody on the defensive line. So neither a great state of affairs, and I think both of those franchises are going to have to do a little bit of soul-searching this offseason. Okay, let's go back to the Seahawks and the Cowboys, a game that probably a huge percentage of my audience watched at least part of. The Dallas Cowboys said Jason Garrett is the problem. Once we get rid of Jason Garrett, it'll allow us to go to the next level. Fortunately for the Cowboys, the NFC East is an unmitigated disaster, and we'll get to the Eagles and how awful that performance was against the Bengals in a moment. But what have you seen from a gambling perspective and from a you know eye test perspective about the Cowboys that looks different than it did with Jason Garrett? They still, by and large, if they don't happen to get a uh, you know a rolling. Uh, onside kick that they recover the Falcons are just a, a dumpster fire of epic proportions right now they still look to be a team that can't quite get over the hump I think this offense is a little bit more dynamic this year than what we saw last year. I mean, we look at their receiving core, and we knew about CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. I don't think anybody would have penciled Cedric Wilson in for five catches, more than 100 yards, and two touchdowns uh, en route to the seven-point loss uh, against the Seahawks. But the problem for Dallas right now is they're so banged up. So I don't want to be too hard on them on the defensive side of the ball because they did look better week one when they were relatively healthy against the Rams. They were a Michael Gallup offensive pass interference call away from winning that game, and so Suddenly, when you watch the Rams each of the last two weeks, sure, they came up short yesterday against Buffalo, but that offense is pretty dynamic. So I think the Cowboys just kind of have to weather the storm and figure out what this team is going to be going forward. And you mentioned the division. It may only take seven or eight wins max to ultimately emerge atop the heap in the NFC East because I've seen nothing from Washington. We just talked about the Giants. And I think Philadelphia may be the poster child for underachievers so far in 2020. Yeah, the Eagles. Let's talk about the Eagles. Uh, I, I know that you've been off and on on the Eagles from a gambling perspective, but my God, I watched a lot of that game against the Bengals. And first of all, Joe Burrow just got absolutely obliterated. I mean, I don't know what he's going to feel like getting out of the bed, but I bet it's the worst he's ever going to feel after any game because they ended in a tie. I mean, he just took hit after hit after hit. They can't block for him. But I think there's a lot of reasons, assuming that they can keep him at least somewhat healthy, to be optimistic about Joe Burrow. You even saw a little bit of that with uh, with what LSU looked like without him. And I'm going to come back around to that. I've been talking about it some during the course of this game. Uh, but what about this? Uh, what about this performance from the Eagles in general? Are they done? What's going to happen with Carson Wentz? Uh, I mean, this looks like a team that is already finished with 13 games still left on the season. Well, I think we're going to see if the Eagles have anything fight-wise on Sunday Night Football next week. This is a proud franchise with a quarterback that they invested in playing in primetime against the Super Bowl runner-ups. So if you see Philadelphia go out there and lay an egg against the 49ers, you may as well start to wave the white flag and figure out what exactly needs to be done to get them on track. But anyone who watched that performance, I know you did yesterday, Joe Burrow impressed me. He showed grit, he showed toughness, and stood in there behind an offensive line that's going to take some time to gel. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz on the other side looked more like the rookie. He didn't go through his progressions. He made a couple of poor throws. You hate to use the term scared, but he had happy feet in the pocket. And when you look at the receiving core, we know there weren't a whole lot of weapons when Greg Ward is your number one with eight catches plus. I think the Eagles have some major issues they need to address. And defensively, they haven't been nearly as good as I thought they were going to be out of the gates. And that was clearly illustrated given the 30-plus they gave up to the Rams then following up yesterday where they can't even muster a single drive in overtime to escape the dreaded tie against the Bengals. What's happened with the Falcons? 
Uh, this is Dan Quinn at his finest. Uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on there because you look at Atlanta, and for the better part of three quarters, they're extremely competitive, and they're one of the better teams in the league. Then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, whether it's getting tight or a change in play calling, uh, things just never seem to go their way, and it's inexcusable to lose last weekend to the Dallas Cowboys the way they did, and then suddenly Nick Foles comes off the bench, almost like Willis Reed on one leg, to try and lead the charge for the Bears. But you have to wonder what's gone wrong culturally, how much of the coaching staff gets blamed, because the players clearly looked absolutely shell-shocked for the second straight week to squander such a big lead, and this is a team that's way too talented to be playing as poorly as they have for the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt. There's a bunch of 3-0 and teams. The one that I find to be the most shocking is the Bears. How good do you think the Bears actually are? They kick Trubisky to the curb. They bring in Nick Foles. They find a way to improbably rally. The, all three of their wins seem relatively uh, ridiculous. Like when you go back and just kind of look at them from an odds maker perspective, they could easily be 0-3. Instead, they're 3-0. and They're a little bit like my Titans, except I feel like the Titans have a little bit more sort of meat on the bone of the of the talent on the offensive side of the ball than the, than the Bears do. Are they the most fraudulent 3-0 and team in the NFL right now? I wouldn't say they're the most fraudulent. I think your Titans are right there neck and neck with them when you consider Tennessee has three wins this season by a grand total of six points. And the Titans yeah. haven't exactly played a murderer's row when you look at their list of opponents so far to date. I have to give a hat tip to Steven Goskowski for coming up big for a guy who Six for like six. Like tough. I've always said, he's the greatest kicker in all of football. <laughs> He looked like he was closer to the going to the glue factory after that week one performance against Denver, and suddenly he's reminded us why he is so reliable in crunch time. Uh, but the Titans, I need to see more from them defensively because I think there are major problems on that side of the ball. A rookie receiver in Justin Jefferson can't go for 175 yards for a Minnesota Vikings unit that had been struggling. You mentioned the Bears. Let's see what they begin to look like with Nick Foles, and we're going to get a much better indication of who the Bears are uh, next Sunday when the Indianapolis Colts come to town. The Colts to be short road favorites in that game. And the one thing the Colts do exceptionally well is protect their quarterback. The defense is vastly underrated. So if the Bears can win that game, I'll begin to believe. Uh, but suddenly we're talking about it being a two-horse race in the NFC North with the Lions and Vikings chasing after the Bears and Packers. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. We were talking about 3-0 and teams. Another 3-0 and team, the Steelers. Um, they got it, found a way to get past the Texans. They didn't necessarily always look great. They're actually going head-to-head coming up this weekend with the Titans. What do you make of the Steelers so far this season? I think it's real tough to tell because when we talk about strength of schedule and who you've actually played – the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, a record of their opponents that they've beaten a combined 0-9. When you look at yeah. the Giants, you look at the Texans, and you look at the Denver Broncos. But I do think the Steelers check a lot of the boxes you want for a team that's very much going to be in the mix for the AFC playoffs. When you consider that Ben Roethlisberger is going to take some time to be the confident first ballot Hall of Famer that he is. You've seen James Conner show flash against the Houston Texans. I was stunned that Pittsburgh came back and covered, but defensively they locked down in the second half when they needed to. And so I think we're going to get a pretty good indication of that second tier on Sunday uh, when the Steelers come to your neck of the woods as short road underdogs to prove, hey, who can be that third, fourth, and fifth best team in the AFC? Because we know the two teams we're going to see on display tonight in the Chiefs and Ravens are clearly 1A and 1B. Let's go to the Chiefs or Ravens team, and I'll circle back around to some more of the NFL games in a moment. But what do you expect to see tonight in Chiefs-Ravens, and how important is it, even though it's only week three? 
I think this game is extremely important to one of the two teams in the game, and that would be the Baltimore Ravens. Not because these two teams aren't going to be neck and neck trying to get that coveted one seed in the AFC playoff picture, uh, but Kansas City can still rest on their laurels of the Super Bowl championship. They know when the games mean the most, they can find that other gear. I think Baltimore has proven to be a little bit of a regular season juggernaut, and I'm not going to take anything away from their accomplishments there, but that stench of the loss of the Titans when you're a double-digit favorite coming off of a bye still lingers. And this could eliminate some of that doubt. If Lamar Jackson goes out there and plays as well on the big stage as he did last year on Monday Night Football against the Rams, like they did in their coming out party when they dominated the New England Patriots a season ago, then all of a sudden people go, you know what, this Ravens team isn't a fluke, they're not a flash in the pan. I think Patrick Mahomes will have a much tougher test going up against the Baltimore defense than what Lamar is going to against Kansas City. And when you look at this Chiefs offense, they haven't looked anything like the Chiefs, at least through the first two weeks. And suddenly watching them struggle, and while it's not apples to apples, with the Los Angeles Chargers, the same team that got beat yesterday by the Carolina Panthers, you begin to wonder if Andy Reid is a mad scientist still tinkering, and the Chiefs are going to be more like the Patriots going forward, where September games are tune-ups, you start to get your feet under you in October, but you really hit the ground running in November and December when it matters most. Patriots, obviously, we got the Belichick-Brady divorce. Both of these guys are sitting now at 2-1. and one. Which would you rather buy stock in right now? Brady's Bucks at 2-1 and one or Belichick's Patriots at 2-1? and one? It's a great question, and I think, uh, you know, overall, I'd probably rather buy stock in Brady's Bucks. And the main reason I say that is because the NFC, a lot more wide open, in my opinion, not nearly as top-heavy as the AFC. And, of course, we're going to see the Patriots next Sunday going to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. And we'll see maybe how far they've come. But the Chiefs and Ravens deserve to be a cut above everybody else. Whereas the NFC, you could give me a list of three or four teams, and I honestly couldn't tell you, Clay, who I thought was the best team going. Because I think every one of these teams is flawed, whether it's the Green Bay run defense, the Seahawks secondary, and then we know about what we're seeing from the NFC East. You can wash them out to the side right now. And I think the New Orleans Saints, until they can show more of a vertical passing game, you don't really fear them in a one-game setting, given their playoff shortcomings in recent years. We're talking to Todd Furman. You can watch him later this afternoon with me on Fox Bet Live, 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Mountain, 2 o'clock Pacific on FS1. Uh, Furman, college football got back and I know you love watching college football as much as I do it felt normal in many ways because you had 14 different SEC teams all playing all day long there were games taking place Oklahoma goes down Texas nearly goes down LSU just gets absolutely boat raced Uh, we're scheduled to talk to Mike Leach in the final hour of the program today Mississippi State's head football coach got one of the biggest wins in school history in his first ever start 600 over 600 yards passing for KJ Costello what stood out to you the most from what felt like week one in many ways in the college football landscape I don't want to take anything away from Mississippi State's win because when you're a 16.5-point dog, you close as a 14-point pup, you go on the road in a hostile territory, and you dominate the game from start to finish. That's a huge accomplishment considering I believe the last time Mississippi State beat LSU was with Dak Prescott back in 2014, if uh, memory serves me correct. But I think it's more LSU on the other side. You have a one-game performance now. There's no Joe Burrow. There's no Joe Brady as far as the offensive mastermind. You had a number of key players that you expected to have opt out. You had a number of guys that took their talents to the NFL. Can LSU rinse and repeat what they were able to do in their national title run, or are they going to be relegated to an afterthought in the SEC West behind the likes of Alabama, maybe in Auburn if they're able to continue to make strides with Chad Morris as their offensive coordinator? Uh, but the other 
other thing I think that really stood out to me, a lot's being expected of the team in College Station, and Texas A&M looked anything but a viable contender in that second tier in the SEC, narrowly escaping Vanderbilt, who we knew had an offense with more question marks than answers. So I think those are the big things. And then when you talk about the overall landscape and big picture, how much of a competitive advantage does a team in the Big Ten potentially get, or maybe even the Pac-12, if the Big 12 beats itself up and eliminates basically its top tier from playoff contention before some of those other leagues get going, it's going to be real fascinating to see how these voters elect to peg these teams uh, and what you're talking about for narrative if you lose a game before three leagues have even gotten underway. Last question, and I hate it because you've got a good value at 6-1. to one. How prohibitive of a favor do you think Russell Wilson should be right now to be league MVP? Uh, unless we see Lamar Jackson go out there tonight against Kansas City and run for 100 yards and throw for 300, I think Russell Wilson, when the odds reopen, you're going to be talking about him right in that 3-2 to two range. He has to do this every single week, and we talked about it on the show. Seattle's defense is actually the best thing to help Russell Wilson's MVP candidacy because they're not going to beat teams by three touchdowns. He's going to be throwing deep into the third quarter, early in the fourth. It won't be like the Ravens last year, and I think when you continue to see the numbers he puts up, the storylines that everyone talked about, how he never had received a single MVP vote. This guy is the face of the NFL right alongside Patrick Mahomes and barring an injury or a massive collapse, uh, I think he's finally going to have a chance to get that elusive award and put it on his shelf. Todd Furman, we will enjoy being on the show and by we, I mean I, will enjoy being on the show with you later (laughs) this afternoon, even though you snatched the crown from me in a very, uh, very, very, very questionable way, taking advantage of odds that were slanted way too far in your favor. Thanks to a Fox Bet Air. Hey, it's all about using the numbers in your favor, Clay. And for those of us that have grown up in the mathematical world, we take full advantage. I know you're more eloquent with words than you are pushing numbers in your favor. I'm sure you'll find a loophole in coming weeks to try and bridge the gap. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates— Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be so many different NFL and college football stories to discuss. Just came out of Todd Furman. We're scheduled to be joined by Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach uh, in the next hour. And I imagine that conversation will be pretty interesting. We talked about what a big win it was for Mississippi State. I mean, historically a big win. We talked a lot about Oklahoma, Choklahoma, as many people would call them over the years. Second straight year, they have lost as major favorites against Kansas State. This one arguably worse because they were at home and it was a situation where, frankly, they never, ever should have been in a position to lose that football game after being up 21 at home. And instead they did. They lose 38-35. Texas survived 63-56. Both the Big 12 Lions, we'll say, the biggest brands in the Big 12, the teams that typically are the straws that stir the drink in the Big 12, nearly went down within a few hours of each other. And so to me, that was a big takeaway. That was a big storyline coming out of college football. But I don't know about you and everybody out there listening, but all 14 SEC teams playing and those games taking place all throughout the course of the day from noon Eastern until well after 10 o'clock when the University or 11 o'clock when the University of Tennessee finally got an unbelievable lucky bounce against South Carolina. If you weren't watching that game, Tennessee punted, looked like South Carolina was going to get the ball down four with a chance to come back and drive and try to get a winning touchdown. Would have been unlikely, but the way they'd move the ball, uh, no timeouts, about a minute and a half to go. Instead, one of their guys is blocking and he's got his back turned to the ball. It bounces off of him. Tennessee recovers it and wins the game. And as a result, Tennessee now has won seven games in a row. It was a crazy ending, right? It started with a noon kickoff 
and Kyle Trask, who I told a lot of you who listen to this program, you're going to remember me saying this. If you had told me that I had to point to one guy in college football who could have a Joe Burrow-like rise this season playing for a good team and lead his team into national championship caliber discussion, Heisman Trophy, candidacy, it would be Kyle Trask. And that's because there's a little bit of similarity between Trask and Burrow. Gets the job, doesn't have a lot of time as a junior to really get the flow and the feel of his teammates. You'll recall that Kyle Trask took over after Felipe Franks got his leg broken against Kentucky. Kyle Trask came in and almost immediately had success, but it wasn't yet his team. And then he got an entire offseason, much like Joe Burrow did, and so much of the discussion today for people talking about what happened over the weekend in college football is about K.J. Costello, and for good reason. He threw for over 600 yards, but when you look at the storylines, Kyle Trask went out and threw six freaking touchdown passes. And usually that would be the overall number one story. But then KJ Costello pulled off the upset like he did. And a lot of people didn't notice Kyle Trask. So that was a big part of the story from college football. Also, Dub, your Auburn team, we had Greg Sankey on Friday, the commissioner of the SEC. And I said, hey, commissioner, on some level, aren't you looking forward to new controversies and it being like a busted call, a blown call, everybody being convinced that their team, that the the SEC is out to get them, instead of, hey, whether you're going to play or not, or all the uncertainty surrounding the COVID testing and everything else, that non-touchdown call could have changed everything. And I say that, I know, Dub, you were on Kentucky plus the seven and a half as well. Kentucky scored, and it should have been, if my math is right, and I think my math is right here, it would have basically made the score... 14-8 14 to 8 probably at halftime Kentucky would have been up 6. Instead, inexplicably, the SEC officials on the field missed the touchdown and then they also missed the touchdown doing the replay review. And so then they throw an interception which Auburn picks off, returns 100 yards for a touchdown and I think they were like, "Oh my god, we blew this. Let's see if we can find a foul in the background." And luckily, they found a targeting foul, so they took that off. I mean, it was just a totally wild into the half, and I felt like Kentucky got completely screwed. You're an Auburn grad and an Auburn fan. Do you agree that that was totally the wrong call? I mean, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but the fact that they, A, missed it on the field, and then B, went to the cameras, went to the review, took some good time trying to figure it out, and still said that he was short of the goal. I mean, half of his body yes. was in the end zone. I think it was the worst call I've ever seen in my life, and that's coming from someone who has a big interest in Auburn University football. Yes. It was insane to me how that was not a touchdown. And then you mentioned it. The very next play, they throw up you know, what we thought was a pick six. The referees go back. That was, I mean, the definition of a makeup call right there and deserved it. <laughs> it really, so. I mean, I felt like it was like 1990s NBA when the makeup call was like a staple of everything. You know, you blow one call on the other end and they'd immediately come back down and make up for it. I, I, I think, look, we saw this happen in the Titans game where you have, I, I hate when I see fouls like flags thrown 
for plays that really don't have anything to do with on-the-field results. Does that make sense to you? Like, if for anybody out there who watched the Vikings-Titans game, there was a pick six for the Titans, and they ran it in. There was absolutely no way that anybody on the Vikings were going to be able to make a play on it. And they got Javon Curse for a block. Javon Curse. They got a guy that the Titans hope is going to be Javon Curse. They got uh, Jadavion Clowney behind him for a uh, for a blindside block. By the way, Javon Curse is driving around his car right now. He's like, dude, I've been retired for a decade. Why are you calling me out for a blindside block? Jadavion Clowney. They get him for a block that has nothing to do with the play. And I felt like, I don't know if you agree with me, Dub, on that targeting call, if it doesn't change the outcome of the play, then most of the time, to me, you shouldn't throw the flag, right? Like, if you're – you'll see this happen a lot of times in the NBA. I use this example again. But if, like, they think that a guy might have gotten touched, but he still makes the layup, they're like, okay, no harm, no foul. If he gets hit and he misses the layup, a lot of times you'll hear the late whistle. If it doesn't impact the overall outcome of the play, I don't think the flag should be thrown. But there I did – because they had missed the touchdown to such an extent. And it always seems like whenever you have a missed call like that, there's a mushroom cloud moment where the missed call gets taken to the next level, right? Uh, And I hate to bring up Steve Bartman, but Cubs fans, before they won their first World Series, know what I'm talking about. Bartman reaches out over Moises Alou, and that wasn't the, the the play that changed everything. That that There were a couple of other major plays that happened in that inning, but that was the linchpin to allow the badness to happen. And it feels like a lot of times when there's a missed call, that's what happens. Not only is the call wrong, but then it's manifested even worse by a play later, right? If Kentucky had gone ahead and scored on the next play or the play after, uh, then nobody would have been sitting around saying, oh my God, Kentucky got screwed. But instead, they didn't. By the way, also, I didn't think Alabama looked very good. And I don't know, I know they got up 35-3 and Nick Saban kind of called the dogs off and as a result, you know, we didn't get the cover in that game even though I feel like if Alabama had needed to win by 28 or more, they would have. But that was not a Nick Saban-like performance from Alabama. It didn't seem clinical. It didn't seem disciplined. I know Alabama's still obviously very, very talented. But I don't know about you, but they went to they went to the new quarterback the five-star stud, Bryce, what's his name? Is it Bryce Love? Mac, Am I right about that? Mac Jones? No, no. Mac Jones is the starter, the five-star that came in to take over. Oh, yeah, over. yeah, yeah. I, didn't, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was too far gone at that point in the second half of the game. You were too game. drunk to know yeah, what was going on exactly. in that game? Well, it was a late-night game, and I was still paying a lot of attention because I wanted to know whether or not Alabama was going to cover. So I was slipping back and forth between the Tennessee-South Carolina game and that one, and I was just curious what exactly was going to happen and this guy is supposed to be the next, you know, great Bryce Young, sorry. Uh, Bryce Young is supposed to be the next great guy, you know, the next great transcendent college football star. And so Alabama wanted to get him work. And I think it's smart to get your backups maybe more work than normal because, frankly, with this coronavirus where you're maybe going to have to play more guys, maybe you're going to have some guys who test positive, it probably makes sense to bring in more guys. But I didn't think Alabama looked very good. I also didn't think Texas A&M looked very good. And they're now in year three of Jimbo Fisher. They're paying him $75 million guaranteed, $7.5 million a year. They weren't very good. And Georgia, Georgia was just atrocious in the first half against Arkansas. Give Arkansas some credit, Barry Odom's defense, at least for the first half. But they were so bad, Arkansas was, in the second half. They managed to get a cover for some people 
They were leading 10-5 to with eight minutes to go in the third quarter, and they ended up losing by 27 against Georgia. I don't think Georgia has a quarterback. We'll see what happens with JT Daniels, whether he ever gets cleared or not. But to me, Georgia looks substantially worse than Florida if you're kind of looking down the line based on seeing the debut. But to me, just being able to watch all 14 of those SEC teams, Greg Sankey and the SEC managed to be the first college football conference to have every single scheduled game played and have every team in action in college football in a conference on the same weekend. And that's a tremendous success story. I hope it continues next week. What else stood out to you? Well, I was just going to say the Georgia quarterback situation is not looking very pretty. And I say that as an Auburn fan again, because that's who Auburn is playing in week two is Georgia. So That's a big game all of a sudden all happening. A sudden, and by the way, Texas early. A&M. Yeah, Texas A&M is going on the road against Alabama, which is another massive game for both of those teams. Yeah, so we thought this week one was amazing. Just wait a few more days till week two rolls around. No doubt. Uh, I will tell you right now, that uh, that I am excited for everybody out there to go check out OutKick, finish out the month of September with us in strength. And I'd also love for you to go sign up for the OutKick VIP right now. Tomorrow, you're going to hear Jason Whitlock on this program, and you're going to say, man, that's the best sports talk radio in the country every single Tuesday when the two of, I, two of us chop it up. And you're going to think to yourself, I know I've been thinking about it for a while. It's time to sign up for OutKick VIP. Why not do it today? Why not go ahead, sign up for OutKick VIP today. I signed hundreds of books of my copies of my most recent book. They're going out to all our VIPs. You are going to absolutely love the OutKick VIP. OutKick.com. Go sign up. $99. You get the right to call directly into our show on the VIP phone line. Get the ability to comment on every single article we have up on the site. Exclusive interactions, events, all different sorts of things going on for the VIP. VIP message board. We are creating a community of awesome sports fans within the OutKick VIP. Join our club today. we got monthly costs, $12.99. Yearly subscription, $99. Thousands and thousands of you rolling in. Join the crew and let's have some fun together at OutKick.com. When we come back... We are scheduled to be joined by Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach to talk about his big win on the road against LSU. Should be a lot of fun if you've heard him on the show or the podcast before. You know that these conversations often go in interesting directions. That is next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.